0: That's right, you're locked into another episode of 99 Pod. It's not 1999 anymore podcasting, believe us not, because it's going down today on this show as we got a very, very loaded special show for y'all right now at about 8, 11 Eastern time. It's going down right now. We got our guy, Lake Lewis Jr. on. He's a Washington football team insider. And listen, man, this guy does it all. We're going to introduce him in a second. You know the drill. I am the real Lil. We got to play that intro for y'all. Absolutely, absolutely, you heard it. It's going down right now, and you know what? I want to bring this up because I feel the need to speak it. I really want to thank this brother, Late Lewis Jr., for coming on because, um, he was never too Hollywood to come on the show. You know, sometimes I have worked with people in the past, you know, insiders to um, teams, professional teams in the past, and as soon as they move up the ladder. They don't even know how to respond to emails anymore. They don't know how to respond to texts anymore. They just get too hollywood to come on this podcast. But the fact that I can always hit up this brother and he's always available, I really appreciate it. Late Lewis Jr., I'm glad to have you on right now. Oh yeah, man. You know, I love coming on with you
1: guys. This is always a good time. So I appreciate that.
0: Absolutely. And I'm gonna send over the mic to my co host Zay, who's in the building. Zay, how you feeling? Hey man, I'm always in paradise. I can't complain. I Apologize for the off-camera
2: for a little bit. Uh, I had some technical difficulties. And I mean technical difficulties, I mean a dinner plate. You know, it's was a little late and they get to get the grub on right away. So um, I appreciate, again, I'm going to repeat real Lil's words. I appreciate Lake Lewis Jr. joining on the show. It's going to be a very special show. A lot of information, a lot of just great content. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the content. We do it for y'all, but most importantly, we do it to inform everybody to get the best takes, In a a different way that you're not seeing it everywhere else. So, you know, just want to give you a little shout out again for putting everyone on this platform. It's a great platform. We appreciate you for making, creating this platform.
0: Absolutely. And it's always a pleasure to have great minded individuals on the mic. So once again, like and subscribe to the channel to be notified of any new uploaded content that we have coming your way. But I ain't going to waste no time. We're going to get right to the biscuit. Like my guy Bruce Arians will say, no risk it, no biscuit. We going for the biscuit. We going for the home run, round one, knockout. All right, Late Lewis Jr., you know I want to address the elephant in the room right now, Eric bien You know, he came out, he had his introductory press conference today, and he said he is fired up. He's fired up and excited to call the plays for the commanders. However, I had a theory on the last show that we did, and I didn't really feel that Andy Reid did enough. To help Eric enemy out, for example, making him the full-time play caller, you know, of the offense. You know, I thought he could have done a little bit more. I'm not saying he didn't do anything, but I thought he could have did a lot more. When you talk about Bruce Arians, who I referenced earlier, um, when he took a back seat to allow guys like Byron Letrich and Todd Bowles to get head coaching opportunities, the Jaguars called Byron Letrich after the Super Bowl. Um, he turned that job down. Todd Bowles, obviously, is the head coach of the Buccaneers. My first question to you: Do you think that Andy Reid did enough to help Eric Bieniemy in a position to be a head coach, or was it me overanalyzing the situation?
1: I mean, I I I, I can't say that he didn't do enough, um, because Eric Bieniemy, you know, if put it like this, if Eric Bieniemy wasn't doing what he was supposed to do, Andy Reid would have got rid of him and could have had somebody else come in there. A lot of people would love to, you know, be the OC for Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. So I, I wouldn't say that he didn't do enough for him. Maybe he could have been a little bit more vocal, um, you know, just really like, hey, man, what's going on here? Why is this guy not getting an adequate look? Um, you know, but I, I'm, I wasn't in that room. I couldn't say, but I just know today at the press conference, where, which I was at and got a chance to speak with Eric, you know, it was very complimentary of Andy Reed. So, you know, he said, you know, just talked about the character of Andy Reed and how much he's learned from him and even joked that, you know, Andy Reed threatened to fire him several times, <laughs> you know? So he said, quote unquote, Andy Reed does wear that head coach hat. And, and you know, I, I took that as if you know, who's in control, you know, who's in charge out there in Kansas city. And that is Andy Reed. So, I don't know if he could have done more for him. I mean, I think he did enough that he got him an opportunity to come to Washington and and be a play caller. But Andy Reid's always going to be the guy that ultimately runs that offense in Kansas City. That's just the way it is.
2: You know, I wanted to ask a quick question, Lake, because I know we've seen the Commanders team. have They have a lot of talent. You know, I think on both sides of the, fo- on the football field. I, before the season, me and Lil were actually talking about the Commanders, how much talent that they have on that team, and what is the missing link for them to put it all together. I think right now Eric Bieniemy is a big part of um, what could be for this commander's team. I think the offensive play calling at one point for the commanders were very questionable. And I think right now adding Bieniemy could definitely answer all of those things. My question is, do you believe um, that the quarterbacks in play that the commanders currently have is going to be the quarterbacks that start the season? Um, you know, Eric Bieniemy is a guy who's worked with Patrick Mahomes. He worked. He's worked with several other players. And we all know that he, there's a lot of talent that was in that locker room at one particular point. Um, do you believe that he has, I think, that magic touch that anything he touches turns to gold? And do you think he could have that effect on the quarterbacks and on the commanders? I mean, on the um, Washington football team?
1: Yeah, I mean, let's just put it this way: Washington, all they had to do was win one game in their final four, and they would have been in the playoffs and that was with an inadequate play caller in Scott Turner. I was never a fan of Scott Turner, and, and everyone knows that. I never mince words with that. He lost a lot of games for them with some terrible play calling. Eric Bieniemy is light years better than Scott Turner. I don't care that Eric Bieniemy wasn't, quote unquote, the sole play caller in Kansas City. He still helped orchestrate a prolific offense. He still put a lot of guys in positions of, of success. And I think that the talent that he inherits in Washington, I, I, I've said this on every appearance I've made this week. You take away Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey off Kansas City's offense. Do you take Kansas City's offense over Washington's? And the answer to that is no. Washington has more talent at the wide receiver position. They have a deeper running back uh, pool. Obviously the offensive line in Kansas City is probably better, but – if you're Eric the enemy and he said it today, he said he's, he looked at the talent and he's like excited and ready to go because he does think he could have an expl- instant explosive offense. And to answer your question as far as the quarterback, I think a lot of people here are high on Sam Howe. I think a lot of people feel like with the proper tutelage, with the proper play calling, he can make all the throws. You saw that even on display in the one game he played against the Cowboys. He, he's, he's got talent. He really does. And I keep telling people, you don't need Sam Howell to be Patrick Mahomes. There's only one Patrick Mahomes ever, <laughs> you know. But if you look at when Patrick Mahomes has ever been injured or come out of a game, Chad Henney stepped right in and looked pretty good. So you got to give some credit to Eric the in that regard, too. So I think Sam Howell is going to benefit from the experience and the play calling uh, that Eric bien will bring in in play. So, yeah, I, I, I think they feel like they do have their quarterback right now.
0: Yeah, and I think when I watch NFL Network, you know, I don't have nothing better else to do. I don't really watch mainstream stuff like that, but from time to time I flip on NFL Network and I see guys like LT saying that, Um, don't really quote me on this quote because I don't want to misspeak, but basically – the way how it was translated to me was they didn't really have a lot of talent on the commanders. I also yeah. heard,
1: and, and not to cut you off, my friend, but mm-hmm. I, I took offense to that because if you're going to make a dumbass comment like that, excuse me for saying it, know your craft. <laughs> and anybody that knows the roster on this team will tell you this is one of the deeper young football teams in the league. They just didn't have – the quarterback that they needed. That's been holding them back for years. And more importantly, they had a bad offensive play caller. The defense was rocking and rolling last year. Think about that. Um, you know, I just think that if you look at that NFC East division, there should have been four teams in the playoffs. All those teams were playoff caliber football teams. Washington just wet the bed at the end of the year. But for LT to say that it bothered me It's just like the Shady McCoy comment. if you if you you don't know don't just keep your mouth shut basically don't say anything that's gonna make you look stupid because lt looked like he wasn't prepared (laughs) to, to speak but he still spoke anyway and he was dead wrong
0: yeah definitely i heard lt i even heard some other people saying that same thing on nfl network i really think that a lot of people is underestimating the talent on this roster especially at the skills position when you look around I know you heard of guys like Jahan Donson you know Terry McLaurin Curtis Samuel I mean come on what are we doing here I mean you don't got to be a football one-on-one guy to really like see yeah. that this talent on the team it's just the quarterback has been missing yeah but but you referenced Shady McCoy and I really want to jump right into that right now because um he basically questioned the value of what Eric B brings to the commanders I'm guessing based on your response. But then again, I don't want to quote you on that. I'm going to just hear from you. Do you think it's an ulterior motive why he said that? Or do you think he's speaking from experience from being on a team? And I'm pretty sure that last part is not really
1: how you feel based on how you started it. Nah, he's speaking He's speaking with a grudge. That's what that is. I mean, he got benched, um, got reprimanded for the way he was holding the ball. I mean, you know, I'm not making this stuff up. All you got to do is look at guys like Tariq Hill on there. He, he went on Twitter and said the same thing. Um, you know, it's just it's just unfortunate because I, I come from the school of you don't tear down anybody, but let alone one of your own who who's who's trying to get somewhere, you know, in his career. Um, if anything, you're pulling for Eric B. and me to be successful because we need more, you know, Minority coaches. I mean, we just—it's a problem in the NFL, and for him to have to go this route to prove himself to reinvent himself as a sole play caller—that's is bad, bad enough. But then you have a player who played for him for one year. By the way, um uh, Shady McCoy is not a Kansas City Chief. We know that. I mean, he's an Eagle. um He went to Kansas City at the end of his career. He got a Super Bowl by default um I mean he got that with a mask on I mean I'm just being honest you know he 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 didn't do a whole lot for them so for him to come at Eric Bianami like that and say that he wasn't part of the play calling and, and you know that's not what he did and then you have other guys like uh you know Charles you know uh who, who who played for him for a while um you know Tariq Hill Patrick Mahomes all these guys that have been there and been with him and they're speaking the total opposite that yeah this guy definitely is a guy that preps and prepares and and i'm gonna say this guys today at that press conference not just me but i'm only gonna speak for me here but i can tell you others because i've talked to david aldridge and good friends of mine who were there and they walked away equal fresh smooth equally impressed we talked about it literally man i heard a coach talking today at that press conference Everything he talked about, he You could tell people were gonna play for him. They get you fired up. Is he tough on guys? Yeah, but what good coach isn't? You know they don't say that about Belichick. <laughs> you know, um, that's what I want. I want to know where I stand at all times. And if I'm a player, when I was playing in college, I wanted to know what I didn't do well and what I did do well. You want to know where you stand, and I think that that's the way Eric Biennium going to coach up this football team is that he's going to praise guys, but he's going to tear into you if you need it. I'm okay with that, you know? So to get back to Shady McCoy, you can't have a former player disrespecting another former player who's now a coach and trying to get to the highest pinnacle of his career. And I, and I hate to say it, the elephant in the room, and especially a black man doing that against another black man, I have a problem with that.
2: You know, uh, I think from when I, at least when I was growing up now, even to now, it still holds truth that people are only tough on you when it, they know the potential that you have. So yeah. when, when you know, Shady and OT or anybody who's saying that Eric B. Enemy is tough on guys, it's because he knows the potential you can reach. You just got to mold the diamond. A diamond is not molded by no pressure, no applied pressure. You got to apply it so you can become that diamond in the rough, that real diamond that you know you can be, that gem. Um I wanted to ask you this, right? Cuz I know there's a lot of speculation regarding Chase Young. There's a lot of speculation do is he coming back to Washington? Do Washington are not are uncertain if his future um there in Washington. I just want to know from anything that you have heard or you have that you are known of so far, is Chase Young going to be done in Washington
1: or is he there for the foreseeable future? Nah, he's going to be here. I mean, you know, he's coming off an injury, got in the last couple of games of the season and actually played well. You know, it took him a long time to get comfortable, get back out there. But when he did get out there, you know, he actually he actually made some plays, you know, obviously a full off season of more preparation, getting back his strength in his leg and explosiveness and, and more cohesiveness, you know, with the, with the guys around him, It's going to be that much better for everyone. Um, I just think people sometimes throw things out there because, you know, when you're a football team that misses the playoffs and you, you know, you're trying to find ways to quickly get back into the playoff contention, you think about parts that you may have to move because there was talk that you know they're going to move Deron Payne and anyone that's in the building knows that was not going to happen. But that's those talking heads and this stuff gets out and people start looking at it and thinking this is what's going to happen. But remember, I'm the same guy that told you months ago that jeff Bezos is buying this football team i mean we know things that people don't know by the way jeff Bezos is going to be the owner of this football team so i mean so just just so y'all know
0: <laughs> i'm glad that we got that that update on the show for sure um i appreciate that that might actually drive our views up i really appreciate the insight right there i do want to circle back to the eric the enemy you know realm here because you know me personally i think the player that i will look at on offense that benefits the most with Eric B's arrival is Curtis Samuel because of his versatility and speed. You know, he coached a guy like Tyreek Hill, Eric being the pass. Do you agree? Or if not, which player specifically on offense, not name a quarterback, do you think has the best chance to take that next leap with Eric B at the helm?
1: It's so funny you say that because Fred smooth and me were talking uh, today and Fred was like, Lake, there's three players that I think benefit with Eric the enemy coming here. And he said uh, Antonio Gibson was one. He said, whoever the starting tight end is going to be, because we kind of think it's going to be Cole Turner. Remember that name, guys. He, he, he's a guy, former basketball player, real nifty, uh, you know, a foot. I think he could be special in this offense. I really do if he can stay healthy. Um, and then Curtis Samuel. That's what we talked about. And you're right, you know, if you if you look at what Eric, the enemy is done in Kansas city. They never had that one guy that they just force fed the ball to on the outside. Naturally, Travis Kelsey is their guy that they're going to get the ball to whenever they can. But Eric, the enemy said this today. He said, just so everybody knows, he said, I'm not a numbers guy. He said, I'm just a win and loss guy. He said, we're going to do whatever we, he said, quote unquote, whatever the hell we have to do to win. That's what we're going to do if if obviously if you got to feed one guy because it's working you're going to stay at it but they do spread the ball around you know Patrick Mahomes did spread the ball around and that wasn't just Patrick Mahomes doing that you know with all the God-given talent that he has that was their system their system was there's always somebody open somewhere you got to find them kind of like in college so that goes back to what the enemy said today that he's not a numbers guy he doesn't care how many catches or yards a receiver gets. He doesn't care how many touches a running back gets. And he said he doesn't care for how many yards is thrown as long as it's productive out there on the field.
2: You know, I think the biggest question now for me is what's next for Washington? They added Eric Bieniemy, uh, a big marquee offensive coordinator, just winning his second championship. What's next? Do they look in that free agent market? And are they looking at running backs potentially? Are they looking for that big guy? We you know there's rumors that Josh Jacobs may be done over there in, in Vegas. There's rumors yeah. that there's a lot of situations over there with the running backs being free agents. Is there anybody that Washington is looking at that's saying, we want to bring him over?
1: No, they're they're very comfortable with their running back room. I mean, they Brian Robinson, had a really nice rookie year. Obviously, you know, it started tragically when he got shot, but he came back and played very well. Um, and then Antonio Gibson, you know, they, it's a nice one-two punch. A lot of people failed to realize that JD McKissick, who's the true Swiss Army knife on this um offense as far as running back was hurt most of the year. So those three running backs you have coming back, and then you have the Kid Patterson, you know, as well. Um, you know, that 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 came in and played well in the in the final game. So they're comfortable with the skill set guys that they have. It's just I think for Washington offensively, it starts with one coordinator, and now that's solved. Secondly, it's your quarterback. Is it Sam Howe or is it a veteran or is it Taylor Heineke? I mean, you just you, you know, I think everyone is leaning that it's Sam Howe's job to lose. Um, and then the third thing is the offensive line, you know. So if they can address the offensive line and get better play up front for the likes of a Sam Howe, um, you know, and, and better play calling, this is a football team that definitely should be challenging for a playoff spot if not the division, I mean, I think, I think this hire, and I'm not blowing smoke here, guys, you know, i try to be honest about everything. I think this move potentially could, could work so much wonder for Washington. They could have the kind of leap that the Eagles had, you know, from year one to year two, Um, you know, they won eight games last year, the year before they won seven games with no quarterback play. Um, And terrible offensive coordinating. So now you're telling me just just bringing the enemy in alone is worth two wins. That's 10 wins on paper. And then if you get good quarterback play, let's just say you still won more game. That's 11 wins. 11 wins get you in the playoffs in the NFC. And damn near might win your division in the NFC East. So that's what we're talking about now. They become relevant overnight.
0: And I don't know. There's this narrative that and it may be true, right, Um, you follow the team, so you probably know that Ron Rivera dislikes Antonio Gibson. Like, I heard that narrative all throughout social media. What do you think about that?
1: No, that's that's false. I mean, he, he likes the kid a lot, actually. I mean, he, he loves the type of person that he is. Um, Antonio Gibson had some fumbling problems his first couple of years. I mean, he, he just he, – he did. I mean, but you have to understand – Washington brought him in and he was playing wide receiver pretty much in college. You know, so you bring him in from uh, I think Memphis, you know, he's playing wide receiver and you you put him in the NFC East and now he's got to be kind of like a bruising in between the tackles runner. Yeah, guys coming at you, you might put the ball on the ground. It's just a work in progress. Um this year wasn't as bad. Um you know, as far as the fumbles and like I said, he and Brian Robinson really created a nice one-two tandem, you know, change of pace type setup. Um, You know, Antonio Gibson was utilized more coming out the backfield to catch the ball as well, has – had some, you know, touchdowns, catching the ball out the backfield. So no, I don't think that's the case. I just think as with any coach, if you fumble the ball, people kind of lose confidence and trust in you. But it doesn't mean that they don't like you or they don't care for his game. Uh he's gonna be here. Um, you know, there's there's talk about some teams looking at him or whatever, but it, you know, when whenever you have a, a young player that other teams talk about, that's a good thing for you because that means that you finally got some talent that people recognize. And that's what Washington's dealing with now. There's young players on this team that that people are throwing out narratives where they can't keep everyone. That's a good problem to have. That's that's what the good teams have every year is who's staying, who's going, who can afford, you know, once I give you a big contract, the guy over here, we may have to let him go. That's what Washington's starting to deal with. And that means that they have talent, which they do.
0: That's my last question here. And say if you have any last questions, feel free. We talked about Sam Howell a lot. You know, I believe that the team feels this potential there. And they've been very vocal about him potentially being the starter. But if Lamar Jackson, for whatever reason, it's very possible that um he becomes a guy that's available because of the contract guaranteed, you know, portion of the deal that they can't meet on him and the Ravens. Do you think it's in the best interest of the team to go after a Lamar Jackson, despite the money that he wants, and pair him with Eric Bieniemy? So that's one question. The other question is, do you think, can you analyze that situation with Lamar Jackson from, like, all perspectives? Because I see a lot of people that, you know, pay Lamar Jackson his money, you know, but there's also the business aspect of it. So can you answer that question about Washington and if they should bring in Lamar and analyze that Lamar Jackson situation from
1: all angles, if you can? I mean, look, I've been, I've been saying for a long time now, I'm going after Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's as simple as that. If you can pair him with Eric bien and the talent on this roster, I it, it, it mean, instantly they become a favorite. Not, not a contender, a favorite. Because again, the skill set is here. You just need the right guy to orchestrate it. Although I do think Sam Howe can get the job done as far as making them relevant, Lamar Jackson's a guy that's already proven. You know, we're talking about a 24-year-old MVP, youngest ever to do it, um, with no talent in Baltimore. Let's just call it like it is. Um, They drafted the kid Bateman out of Minnesota a couple years ago. He's been hurt a lot. The only viable threat on their offense that you have to game plan for legitimately every game is Mark Andrews. They're end, in um, and Lamar gets him the ball. So you can't say he's not doing his job. It's just that he doesn't have a whole lot of other stuff. I mean, Gus Edwards and, and and J.K. Dobbins are good running backs. Don't get me wrong, but that's what the Ravens do. They run the football. But when it's time to pass, you know, there's some guys there that are good pro players, but they shouldn't be one or two most really good offenses team of things. Ravens receivers really would be th- the third receiver. Bateman has potential to be a number one, but he's just never been healthy. So I think with Lamar, that narrative about him, you know, you're overpaying for him. That guy's been a one man wrecking crew when he's been healthy and been on the field. Imagine giving him the talent that, you know, let's just say some of these other young quarterbacks have, you know, look at, look at the, the difference in a say like a um, uh, in, in Jacksonville, they went out, signed free agents, brought in several receivers. And look at Trevor Lawrence, the the leap that he made, and obviously had a better coach, too. I mean, that that says a lot, too. But look at the leap that he made. You know, if you look at a guy like Josh Allen, he's he's got a pro bowler, Stephon Diggs, there. You know, he's got a a, a pro Bowl tight end there. You know, you look at all these young quarterbacks, Justin Herbert in, in, in L.A. I mean, he's got Keenan Allen, one of the best receivers in the game that people always sleep on. You know, so you got all these young guys that have the proper weapons around them. Lamar's never had that. So if I'm Washington, you, you gave Carson Wentz 32 million. Um, I come up with 13 million more somehow, some way to bring him in, uh, Lamar Jackson, without even having to trade anyone. If the the asking price I'm told to move him out of Baltimore, not so much moving, but to make them think about it in Baltimore. It's two first rounders and two second rounders. I'm doing that for Lamar Jackson. I'm sorry that that changes everything for you instantly, and he's young. So now you got your quarterback situation pretty much solved, for, you know, for the foreseeable future. So why would you not do that?
2: Um, you know, I think we talked a lot today about the offense for the um, Washington football team. I think it's going to be interesting. To see what happens this season, especially during training camp, on what's bound to happen, I wanted to ask you about Brian Robinson Jr. We touched base on him previously, and I know that with Eric Bieniemy, Antonio Gibson should be the clear front runner for the RB one. But is there any way that that changes if Brian Robinson Jr. comes into training camp just being explosive, changing I guess a dynamic that maybe they're not anticipating him to be for that Washington team? Is there any way that Brian Robinson Jr. takes that RB one spot away? from antonio gibson or is he already
1: that number one running yeah, back for that team yeah he's already the number one he he took it last year and he took it pretty much in training camp last year and then unfortunately he got shot um and then put antonio back in there which which isn't a bad luxury but brian robinson's the commander starting running back for sure and antonio gibson is the number two guy but they utilize them so much it's not like Antonio Gibson's not getting on the field, not getting reps, not getting touches. He's still going to get his. Um, you know, but yeah, no Brian Robinson's definitely the the starting running back.
0: Yeah, he definitely came along, you know, especially at the end of the season he started to get into a better a better rhythm, and also Antonio Gibson, I thought he was on um, better towards the end as well. Um basically in closing, we have this segment on this show called A Take for 99 cents where we give like a broad perspective of anything happening in the sports world that's currently on our minds. But being that you cover the Washington commanders, do you have a take that you want to fire off
1: about this team currently? I just think that they're getting ready to change some the narrative and it's a good time. If you're a commanders fan, it's a, it's a real good time because you're going to get through an ownership change, something that a lot of people thought they would never see in their lifetime. Um, Dan Snyder came in and, and pretty much gutted a once proud franchise. And to be able to get a new ownership group in there, to be able to bring in a, a prolific, you know, potential play caller for the offense, you already had your coach in Ron Rivera. You know, you just, it's just good times for, for right now. I mean, it's the offseason, and Washington has been known to be the offseason champs for everything that they do to stay in the limelight and the headlines. But i think this time it's good because it's football related it's all football it's not off-season drama it's not you know the horrible things that were happening within the organization to female employees and things like that the cheerleaders um this is all football this is all x's and o's and this is all you know people like myself who've covered this team this is this will be my 14th year you you just get tired of the drama you just want to cover x's and o's and now that's going to be the case uh like i said with a new ownership new name all that stuff you know so now it's just time to look forward and see how good they can be in between the lines
0: absolutely and i want to thank you for coming on the show and spending time here with us and giving us some good insight and um looking forward to doing this
1: again in the future anytime fellas anytime you need me i'm there i appreciate you guys I absolutely would love to
2: talk to you when the training camp rolls around so we can really understand what's happening on the X and O side in that training camp. I know it's going to be a lot happening within because, like you stated, they could be competing for not only a playoff, but a divisional, uh, basically taking the division. So that's something I would love to talk about once training camp rolls around.
1: All right, fellas.
0: Absolutely. Thanks a lot now. All right, y'all. Once again, y'all like, subscribe to the channel, get the notifications, and on to the next one.